This is the Denver Gazette Sports Podcast, and I'm your host, Chris Schmedeke. It's Tuesday, so we're going to react to another Broncos loss with beat reporter George Stoya. Stay tuned. Okay, I'm joined by Denver Broncos beat reporter George Stoya to uh, talk about another Broncos loss. Uh, George, it feels like we just have this conversation every week. Yeah, I mean it's the it's the same old story, Chris. Uh, I feel like I I uh, am a broken record on here uh, talking about this team. Just another game where um, you know offense actually looked good uh, to start the game. Um, Ninety-two yard touchdown drive. Uh, Clint Kubiak calling the plays. Uh, I think their first three possessions, uh, they all uh, three were in position to score. Touchdown, first drive, field goal, and then obviously the fumble on the goal line, and then a blocked field goal. Um, on the third possession and then um you know the the touchdown and overtime from the Raiders uh just a, just another game where you kind of just shake your head yeah you know during that first half I you know I was with with you guys at the game on Sunday and when I thought they were going to score before halftime I was going to ask you would that be the first time they've scored on three consecutive drives all season yeah I think okay. so uh and it would also be the I think it would be the highest they've scored in the first half if, if they would have had 17 points, but uh, obviously uh, unable to come up with it. Uh, the Melvin Gordon fumble proved costly, not only for the game, but for, for Gordon's job, uh, he was cut on Monday and uh, you know, is no longer with the team. So it turns out that that was just, um, you know, the breaking point for him with the Broncos. So um, just a lot of, a lot of issues, Chris, with this group. Uh, and obviously things are looking grim. I, I think they have a less than, a half a percent chance to make the playoffs according to 538.com. So uh, not a whole lot to uh, look forward to moving forward here with, you know, seven games left. Yeah. And, you know, you brought up Melvin Gordon and that was my next question for you. It was definitely a move that I think was needed. Um, I don't really think it sends a message to the team. Do you? I, I mean, I just think it was a needed thing. Yeah. It was one of those things that I don't think it's a message thing. I think it's more of a, you know, uh, at some point you have to part ways. And, and I think both sides uh, benefit from this in terms of, you know, the Broncos, they feel confident in some of the other guys that they've brought in Latavius Murray, Marlon Mack seem like they're, they're going to be the two guys. Mike Boone's going to be coming off the IR. I don't know if this week, but soon, um, you know, Divine Exigbo from the, the practice squad, you got Chase Edmonds, who's going to miss quite a bit of time. But at the end of the day, I think they just said, you know what? Um, you know, it's clearly not working out with Melvin. He's got too many issues going on with holding on to the ball. Uh, and you also hear the fans booing him uh, during the game. I think that there, it was just a toxic relationship. And I think both sides knew that it was time to just move on. Yeah, I was going to say, like, he, his relationship with Denver just in general was weird. You know, he had the, he had the DUI, right? Or the speeding, yep. whatever it was. He had that. He's been very strange on social media, especially this year. I get. I saw this morning he posted something. I don't know if it was on Instagram about him like driving a white Bronco away from people. So I mean, he. I I don't know how happy. I mean, but he did score twenty two touchdowns during his time here. Nineteen, so, I think. Or nineteen. Nineteen rushing. I think you're. I think twenty two is right. Three three passing. Yes. So his whole relationship with Denver and the fans, and just the Broncos in general, has been weird for three seasons. With that being said, his signing didn't make sense three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, they overpaid for him. Uh, he had a, you know, had a, he had a nice career, I would say, I guess. I mean, the last two years, the two previous years, you know, he rushed for over 900 something yards, 
led the team in rushing touchdowns both years. Um, you know, was a solid back. Uh, but this year, you know, look, he had 12 fumbles in three seasons, uh, and he obviously didn't finish the third season. That's just too many. And he had five this year. And the the problem too, Chris, and I said this yesterday when they cut him is it's, it wasn't just, he was fumbling the ball. He was fumbling the ball at the most inopportune yeah. times. Like it came, th- those fumbles weren't just like at any point in the game, they were at some of the biggest points of the game. And then, you know, I think it was also something like three of them were returned for touchdowns in his last like seven fumbles. And it's like, that just is baffling. So it was costing them games and, and you don't ever want to put on one player, but again, the Broncos go up 17 to seven going into halftime the other day. It's a totally different game. Uh, and they probably win the game if, if that doesn't happen. So uh, you just, at some point have to say, this is just not working. Um, I, you know, I thought it was a it was an okay signing when they brought him back. Not the first time. The first time when they signed him, they overpaid for him. But the second time, this last offseason when they when they brought him back, I thought it was an okay signing. You need to have a backup guy. Him and Javante were a pretty good one-two punch. But um, you know, after he fumbled in that first game against Seattle on the goal line, it was like, man, like this is just continues to be an issue. And then the Raiders game, uh, when they returned it for a touchdown, it just it's a tough situation because I just think that uh, it was it was a clear and obvious move for the Broncos. You know, you had that tweet, I think, yesterday about what the Broncos thought their offense was going to look like and what it looks like now. And, I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, who are the only people? I mean, Wilson and Sutton, and that's probably about it, are in the spots where they thought. And Reisner, I guess, probably. Yeah, Reisner, Miners. Um, but other than that, yeah, I mean, the, the offense has been completely decimated by injuries or – uh, you know, obviously cutting Melvin Gordon, you know, it just hasn't gone the way that they they had planned. And that's why, again, you know, I know everybody's calling for Nathaniel Hackett's job and, and I'm starting to lean toward it. It's probably not going to work out for him here uh, this season. Like, I think that there's a chance that he does get let go, you know, uh, either, you know, at the end of the season or close to the end of the season, whatever it is. But uh, I also think it's it's fair to say that he's been dealt a really tough hand and so have just the Broncos in general. When you look at the amount of guys that they've lost this season in terms of injuries and, and other things that uh, it's going to be hard to win when, when your offense looks like it does right now. I mean, they're playing guys like Kendall Hinton and Jalen Virgil at receiver and they're nice players, but uh, they're no Jerry Judy or KJ Hamler or Tim Patrick, or, you know, at running back. Now you've got Latavius Murray and Marlon Mack to, you know, okay running backs, but they're no Javante Williams. Um, you know, you got, you know, Calvin Anderson starting at left tackle. That's an issue. You like, I mean, it's just, uh, it's been a really tough season for the Broncos and, and, and definitely a disappointing one. Yeah. And, you know, on offense, this was the first week that Clint Kubiak called plays. And and like you said, it looked really good in the first half. Um, but then they had that awful third quarter, like they've had in a lot of games. And then, you know, the play that I think stuck out to us there and probably fans too was that third down at the two-minute warning. You know, who does that fall on? It seems like it kind of falls on everybody, Hackett, Kubiak, and Wilson, because why couldn't he just slide down and kill the clock? Yeah, I mean, I, one, I didn't like the play call, um, which I think, you know, falls on Kubiak and Hackett, because at the end of the day, Hackett can jump in. and I mean, he is the head coach and can say, no, we're running the ball here. Um but then I think Russell has to have the awareness. I think Russell sometimes, we've seen it throughout the year, he's trying to make too many big plays or too many you know, game-winning plays. And that's great at times. But you have to know in that situation, 
hey, if nothing's there, I just got to go down and we got to eat some clock here uh, and trust, you know, our defense, which is the number one defense in the league right now, uh, to get one more stop. And uh, the fact that they didn't do that was just a baffling decision. And again, you know, at the end of the day, it falls on the head coach. Um, you, you know, we can argue Kubiak called it, Russell should have slid down, whatever, but Hackett's got to do a better job of managing that situation. So again, just a, a bad management decision towards the in, the end of a game. And, you know, I don't know if it cost them the game. I think the Raiders might've gone down anyways and gotten field goal range the way they're moving on that last drive, uh, especially that wheel route to Jacobs. But, um, you know, I, I just, it's, it's again, one of those things that the Broncos played well and, and honestly outplayed their opponent for 58 minutes probably. Uh, and then blow it there in the last two minutes. And then obviously we know what happened in overtime. It seems like they really struggled to make that clutch play. I mean, even, you know, the first Raiders game, they needed one stop to get the ball back. They couldn't do it. You know, the offense struggles to make plays all the time. Hinton dropped that. I don't know if that would have been a touchdown, but that deep pass from Wilson, he was open and he dropped that pass. And then, you know, on that last, those last two drives, I mean, the Raiders just blew by the defense. And, you know, it just seems like when they need that play, they're not coming up with it. And that's why they're three and seven. Yeah. And that's why, look, I, I put it out there after the game too. Uh, I went back and looked since 2016, you know, they've had 51 score games uh, in the last six, wow. six seasons, 51 score games and they're 19 and 31 in those games. So Ooh. again, you can blame Hackett and this coaching staff all you want, but at the end of the day, in terms of, making the plays that win those one score games. Uh, the Broncos haven't been able to do that for a long time. And that to me is a culture problem, a mentality problem. Uh, you know, Justin Simmons talked about it. He's been here seven years. He's on his fourth head coach. And at some point the mentality has to change. You have to start winning those close games uh, and figuring out a way to do so. And uh, it's just, it's tough for the Broncos because um, you know, I do think they have some good players, but, at the end of the day, uh, these guys honestly just don't know how to win. Uh, you know, these guys have been here a while uh, and they're nice players and they're good players, but uh, they have yet to show that they know how to win close games. I mean, you look at the defense, they're loaded with guys that have played a long time in this league and have, have played at a high level. Uh, but they're also loaded with a bunch of guys that really haven't played in the playoffs ever. Uh, and so it, it's tough to to figure out how to win those games. So uh, it, it's a tough pill to swallow. I wish I had a solution. I had some people in my mentions like, well, if that's the case, then what's the solution? I don't know. I really yeah, don't know. I'm not the one getting paid millions of dollars to form the team. Uh, but I, I really don't know what the solution is. I, like I said, you can keep hiring and firing coaches. Uh, and maybe one day you get the right guy in there and he fixes it all. Uh, but I think it also has to start with some of the players and in, in that locker room, changing that culture and that mentality. So, was it Justin Simmons after the game talked about the culture a little bit? Did Was that something that you got to talk to him about or something you heard about? What, what did he say exactly? Yeah, he just said, hey, you know, um, he's in his seventh year. He's been here four years. We, 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 you know, we've talked about the culture as players trying to change it. Uh, and we continue to not be able to. And he, he kind of said what I said is he doesn't really have an answer. Um, you know, he, 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 you know, they preach about it. They talk about it. Uh, and they still can't win those really close games or really those big games either. So, uh, you know, I don't know what the answer is, and, and I don't know if he has one, but uh, I think that that's kind of setting in for them. A, a lot of these veteran guys is like, hey, man, like 
why can't we win these close games? And, and he also said, you know, everybody wants to point the finger at the coaching staff. Uh, but he goes, you know, us players have to make the plays. We have to execute. And I think that's been a big problem for the Broncos is they don't execute very well. Uh, you, even even Pat Sertan, who I think is phenomenal, uh, he didn't execute on that final play and right. it got a beat. And it's not his fault they lost the game, but uh, that's again goes to execution and, and the small things. And the Broncos just aren't good at that right now. And, you know, everybody's solution, I mean, like you said, you don't have one, but everybody's on social media is just to get rid of Hackett. And I don't think they do it in season. If they didn't do it after that game, I don't think they're going to do it in season. Um, at the end of the year, it seems like it's becoming more and more likely. But, you know, where do they go? Like, they can't hire another first-timer, I don't think. But, you know, there's all the Sean Payton stuff. But they don't have any draft picks to give the Saints. So I would I don't really understand what they do and if they just give Hackett a mulligan year because of all the injuries. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do either. Um, you know, it felt like this was a game that you could have seen them make a move after. They obviously didn't. I think this week, if they lose to the Panthers, you could all – I mean, I, I still think they could do it in season, but there's still seven games left. Uh, I know people don't want to hear this, but, you know, let's say they they win a couple games. They win – they or not even a couple games. They'd have to win, you know, four or five more games to keep his job. Maybe they beat the Chiefs, right? If he, I mean, if he beats the Chiefs, no coach has done that uh, in in Denver in a while. Um, so maybe that could save his job. If they move on from him, I think you start looking at guys like Dan Quinn. Uh, obviously has a relationship with George Payton, has a relationship with Russell Wilson, um, has been a head coach before, has been successful as a head coach before, kind of knows how to manage the game. Um, you know, he could bring in whoever he wants as the offensive coordinator. But other than that, I you know, you know maybe you throw everything at Sean Payton and you try to get him. Um, I don't think he would come to this job. That's the other thing. You got to this isn't uh, an attractive job either right now. I would, right. I would argue, uh, you know, you, you've got a quarterback that's totally um, not living up to expectations. Uh, yeah. You've got a solid defense, but you're probably going to have to bring in a new defensive coordinator. Um, you know, you're going to lose some guys in free agency. So this isn't a, a job that all of a sudden becomes super attractive. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they do a coaching search, what kind of targets they look at, because I think you're right. I don't think you can go back to the, you know, first time head coach, you know, offensive, young offensive genius type play because it, it just totally busted uh, when you tried it this time. Yeah, the Dan Quinn thing is interesting. It's almost like, you know, they interviewed him last year, didn't hire him, then he'd get the second chance. But, you know, I guess I didn't see this, but I guess Sean Payton made some comments about the game at halftime on Fox. And he made some comment, pretty much blaming the coaching staff and not Russell Wilson. Take that for what it's worth. But I guess he said something about how Wilson's playing fine. It's all on Hackett. So maybe he's already lo lobbying for the job a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you could get him, that would be a home run hire, right? Yeah. Um, and he could figure out a lot of this stuff. I just don't know if he actually wants to come out of retirement. And again, he might be saying those things, but I, I don't know if, if he would yeah. want to come coach this team right now. I mean, it's it's a project. I mean, it's not going to be something that I think you could just turn around in one off season. So definitely going to be interesting to see what they do moving forward. And, and again, everybody can say fire hack it, but uh, when you do that, all of a sudden you're starting fresh again and you're starting all over again. Uh, and that's a tough thing to do uh, in back-to-back -back years. You know, and you're talking about how it could be a long kind of re I don't know if rebuild, but you know, a long journey for them, not to sound like Russ there, but um you know, 
the Chiefs are clearly still not going anywhere. Like they are probably they may have this division clinched by the time they play the Broncos. Yeah. Well, yeah. and that's that's the problem is is well, as long as Patrick Mahomes is playing, they're gonna win the division, I would I would think. Um but I will say that I think the door is open to finish second in the division. Uh, I don't think the Raiders are going to be any good moving forward. Uh, the Chargers, they've got some talent, but they seem to be underperforming um, the last couple years. So, you know, you have a chance to to really – and that's why I think people were so excited about this season is it was like, well, they can at least finish second, right? Um, and, and that's just not been the case. So I, I think you're looking at not only, a, you know, maybe a, a change at coach, but uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they try to revamp a lot of this roster in terms of the offensive line. I think you might need to go get another playmaker at receiver. Um, you probably need to get, you probably might need to draft a running back because who knows if Javante is going to be fully healthy next year. Um, so you've got a lot of things that you've got to maybe change this offseason. It's going to be tough to do because they don't have a ton of draft picks either. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's jump to this coming week. Another, another great, you know, game with the Panthers who are, are they two and what? What is? I'm sorry, I don't three know and eight. They're, they're three and eight. Okay, so it's not not much better. Um, what what do you see from this game? It's you know it's a weird early start for the Broncos. It's over on the East Coast, um, but I mean the Panthers aren't very good. But they have well, they didn't score points last week, but they've scored points in other games. Yeah, it's going to be really ugly. Uh, I think because um, I don't think the Panthers are great offensively. It kind of I mean it doesn't. We don't know who's going to start quarterback for the Panthers. Uh, Baker Mayfield started last week. Sounds like PJ Walker may start this week. I don't think it really matters. I think the Panthers are going to have a really tough time uh, scoring on this defense. Um, I think this defense, despite giving up 22 to the Raiders and and letting Devontae Adams score there, um, I still think this defense is really good. I think they can get after Baker or PJ um, and and probably force them into some mistakes. The problem is the Panthers defense is really good. Uh, They're one of the more underrated defenses in the league. Obviously, last week they shut down Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Um, so that's a, a tough task for a Broncos offense that, again, is you know probably the worst in the league right now. Um, so I think you're looking at a really low-scoring game again. Um, like I, I think my prediction this week will be something like 10 to 3, somewhere in that range. <laughs> um, so it's going to be – I think it's going to be a slugfest. Um, and I've been really close to my predictions, yes, i got to say. Yes. So um, I, I don't know. I, I think that it's going to be a defensive – struggle um and maybe i'm wrong maybe these two teams have given up and you just see a bunch of points this week and and a crazy game Uh, i think i'm still waiting for that point that the the broncos just break and say screw this um but um you know i I think looking at it from afar it looks like it's going to be another you know typical broncos slugfest well i'm sure though maybe they'll score 16 points like that was the fourth game that they scored 16 points they'll score 16 points they may win and against the Panthers. Yeah, if they I mean if I think if they score 14 they're going to win. Uh I just don't I don't buy the Panthers are going to be able to score. They they don't have I mean like uh and maybe it's cuz I'm 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 a Baker guy. I went to school with Baker. I know Baker. Um but they don't have anybody on offense. I mean they have like zero weapons right now. Uh, they've been pretty banged up at receiver. Obviously they traded away their best offensive weapon in Christian McCaffrey. Their offensive line is is terrible. I think the Broncos should be able to get after him. Uh, I don't think it really matters who they play at quarterback on, on Sunday. It, like they just don't have enough guys to score. The Panthers do, uh, but defensively they've got some dudes that can make some plays. Uh, Brian Burns obviously is a really good player. So, um, you know, Bron- I think the Broncos are also going to have a tough time scoring. And they have uh, JC Horn at 
corner, right? That a lot of people compared. He went right before Pat Sutan, right? Yep. Yep. So yep. a lot of people are comparing those two. Um, yeah, Sutan didn't have his best game on Sunday, but I'm sure he'll bounce back and be fine. All right. So are you, are you going with your 10 to three prediction? I, I, I like that one. Yeah, I'm I'm taking the Broncos 10 to three. Um I think they do find the end zone at least once. Maybe it's on the opening drive. I don't know. But uh, I know the Panthers only scored three points last week. I think they, uh, you know, didn't even play as good. I mean, the, the Ravens are good on defense, but the Broncos are are, are uh, miles ahead. So uh, I think the Broncos defense, if they come out and play the way they, they have all year, uh, then I, I think that they should be able to stop the Panthers pretty easily. So I'm taking the Broncos in, in this one and in what should be a very boring Thanksgiving weekend game. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for talking Broncos. And we will talk again next week after the Panthers game. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Chris. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening to the Denver Gazette podcast. Make sure to visit denvergazette.com for all your local news on Broncos, Rockies, Avalanche, Nuggets, and much, much more. We'll talk to you next time.